When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Studios, KPN-TFM, HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. This is TMA All Day. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPN-TFM, HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com. With Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis. You're listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Studios. It is the Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. 7 o'clock hour. And you are welcome to participate in said radio program. Why don't you watch on YouTube and have a chat? Let's chat with the YouTube people. How does that feel? Count me in. All right, you're in. Uh, YouTube.com slash TMASTL. Subscribe to it. 4,650 friends of the feather have done so. YouTube.com slash TMASTL is how you can participate in said chat. And uh, you can text into the EDF group text inbox 314-881-TMA5. Email in for our design air, heating and cooling email of the day. Design air is online at designairservice.com. And I see temperatures getting to 102 today, according to the, uh, the iPhone app. So if you run into air conditioning problems today, make sure you go to designairservice.com. I'm a client. Doug Vaughn is a client. And uh, we recommend you become a client as well. All you do is go to designairservice.com and you click on the Book Now tab and they will be out there quick, fast, and in a hurry. And the next thing you know is it's all taken care of because Design Air is the best. Seth Goldcamp and his staff pride themselves on taking care of our listeners very quickly. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at Design Air Service. Dot com, the official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. You're also welcome to call in 636-900-4-TMA. That is how you can participate in the presentation. I see KG in O-Town has entered the chat, even though he's in the Horton Watkins studios. Oh, and wow. he says he's a 37-year-old male and he's in Creve Corps. So he has gave his uh, age... Sex and location, if anybody else would like to uh, cyber. It'd be fun if guys started cybering in the, the YouTube chat. That's what I'm hoping for. First time I saw that was when I was in the AOL chat rooms. People would always say ASL. I Did you know, know what it meant right away? Not right away, no. I don't even know what it means now. Is that right? ASL? Age, sex, location. Oh. Just putting feelers out there in the chat room. I've never really looked for <laughs> hot love. On, uh, on, on the on, chat? On the chat or message board. Does or that still go on? Again? Reddit thread. Well, you weren't looking for chat. You are looking for pictures. But I feel like now it's so easy to grab pictures. Well, like, yeah, now. I'm talking about back when the internet just started and there wasn't, uh, you couldn't like go searching on Google for porn. Nice. So you got a naked Persian picture. Kitty. When did that break? When was like the moment where that opened up? 
When did internet porn become uh, all the rage? I think it was in my early 20s, so... I don't know. Early 80s, maybe? That's when internet porn became... No, that's when AOL chat room was big. Oh, okay. In early 80s? I think, whenever the internet started. Because everybody was on AOL. That it was, was the mid-90s. Only... Was it? No. I guess it was in my 40s. And... <laughs> <laughs> all the same. I actually dropped out of a class at the University of Missouri because the... A uh, professor wanted everything to be done via email. And I go, this email thing, I don't understand this. <laughs> you sold it short. I, I, I don't want to mess, mess with this. Had I participated in the class, maybe I would actually have those eight final credit hours. Uh, let's see what we got here. Bill's wife, I'm a 31-year-old female in Creve Corps. There you go. Jackson still believes Bill's wife is a woman. Plowhawk, is Bill's wife a woman? Uh, I mean, I don't think she's real. I do. But... Well, you mean, but is she a woman? You just said she's not real, so... This person he's describing is a non-existent human. He may have a wife. Bill. Bill may, but not the sporting personality as which he's painting on the text line. You're going to find yourself on the wrong side of history on this one, Plowsy. You really think, KG O-Town, that Bill's wife is a woman? 100%. I want to smoke this out today. And when I try to smoke things out, I just pay. I'm like Mel Gibson and Ransom. They know I'll pay. How can I get this done? It's worth it to me to, to end this once and for all. Because I am so... I trust your intuition. I have a great deal of respect for you, Jackson. Uh-huh. I th- and, and KG and O-Town, for that matter. And I think you guys are so wrong on it, but it's the fact that it's the two of you who think so confidently that she's really a woman, that makes that gives me pause before I... You want to wager? Yes. All right, let's do it. How are you going to prove it? I know. That's what I was trying to figure out. How do we actually... If she calls in. Call in. You don't even have to go on the air. Just call in and talk to you. Well, any woman, any guy could have his woman call in and say, I'm Bill's wife. We have the phone number from the text line. If it's the same number and it calls as a female, I mean, Uh, that's about as good as we can do. I don't know. You got phone numbers on the text inbox. Do we? I guess so. I just see the name. Yeah, I guess so when they don't have their name stored. But but a lot of these guys have burner phones or they create the fake number thing. It's a... It's a tough. It's, it's quite a hobby when you're in your 30s and you know. Yeah, short of, <laughs> short of. Well, you know, she, some girl could come in and say I'm Bill's wife. You still can't prove it. Bill's wife says she's married to Bill. Number one. Oh, there. Yeah. That proves it. <laughs> number two is inked up. Has sent in an image before. There's an image out right there in the the early parts of June that really almost confirm it completely to me. Really? Look yeah. at that hand on June 1st. Yeah. Look at that hand on June first, is what it says. I see. Okay, that's that's so the that we so then this would have to match up with the other tattoos if she were to send this in. And Bill himself is wearing suspenders in this wedding pic. Plowhawk, do you have a problem with that? I got a problem with all of this being topic one. <laughs> I've seen that picture before. I yeah, don't unless know where. probably on the internet. If but, you go, if you go to a, somebody's Facebook page, like you can go to my Facebook page and take all of my pictures. I don't have anything private. I can't. So <laughs> why? You blocked block. me, dog. Did You're I? blocked? Oh, yeah. I thought I unblocked you. Nah. Well, send me a firm request. I'll accept. Okay. Oh, my God. What a great moment. Um, yeah. Coming together. But if you just go to somebody's face, you want to, I don't know why you would go to this whole ruse, but go to a face, I'm going to pretend like I'm a woman for the show, and I'm going to go to somebody's <laughs> Facebook page, I'm going to grab about 15 pictures of this girl with some guy in it, uh-huh. I'm going to be Bill's wife, <laughs> and if they ask for pictures, I'll send in these different ones, but you can, oh, it's the same people. Yeah. yeah, you just stole them from Facebook. Somewhere. I'm so confused as to why you two really believe it. That's that. That's the thing that throws me off. Otherwise, I'd be like, okay, let's bet a huge amount of money and knock right. this out. 
there is something right at the onset of Bill Wife's emergence onto the presentation that really convinced me that she was a female, and I can't remember exactly what it was. So it's not a very, it's not great evidence I have, but I do remember. I sound like Marshall right now. I do, I do believe in it. Here, Bill's wife. Here's what you do. This is really the only, <laughs> way, the only way we can do this. You both come in the studio, and you show us your license. If his name is Bill, and you're with him, then we'll believe it. Well, I'll believe it. <laughs> there you go. She's Nobody's going to go through the whole... For the no record, guy Bill's there. wife has gone totally dark ever yeah. since I said I'd like to smoke this out today. I know. No, Shocking. Not, <laughs> no, not helping my case. Wow. Right. No. I'm just so alarmed by it. <laughs> Nobody would go through the whole ruse of, all right, we'll pretend... Let's be part of this. And some guy named Bill walks in with a license and a girl and says, we're Bill's wife. Hey, moron, you pretended to be a woman on AOL chat. There's no self-awareness at all with this guy. That is from raking. Well, I never denied that. <laughs> Have Bill's wife sent in a picture holding a handwritten sign with the specific directions you guys give her. Again, eight four seven. Again, any guy listener can have some girl. Hey, honey, we're going to screw these guys. Hold a sign up and send in a picture. But if it comes from the number that we're seeing, that's a tell. Yeah. We have female listeners, you know. I know we do. Four. <laughs> I believe yeah, the number is four. Uh, all right. Uh, text in, in uh, Bill's wife, and, uh, and we can settle this once and for all. But for the record, Bill's wife has gone completely dark uh, from <laughs> the uh, – from the. Uh, oh, b- back now. Oh. I have recognizable tattoos. All right. <laughs> Actions speak louder than, you know. Mm. Nice. Uh, all right. Uh, with all of that said, uh, <laughs> Bill's wife, the action is back on you, and uh, and I'm willing to uh, provide financial incentive to try to get this done once and for all. Just because I'm a little con- somebody's intuition that I think highly of, whether it be yours or mine, is way off on this. Yeah. Because I'm so certain it's a guy, and you're so certain it's a woman that I'm that I'm confused. I'm all in. Wow. Same. Every chip what I got. In the hell? And then I feel like KG No Town knows something. That's the thing that throws. That's that's why I, I give pause because I I think KG No Town has more communication with the listeners. He's the darling of the listeners right now. I remember what it was like to be that. It's a long time ago. And when you're the darling of the listeners, you have little pieces of intel. Like Martin and the cat wouldn't know things, but I would know things at the beginning of the show. And I kind of get the sense that KG and O-Town right now has some knowledge. That's my read, KG and O-Town. I've never chatted with Bill's wife. <laughs> Cut that off. Have you cybered with her? Is that her in the bikini? <laughs> Excuse me? Is that her in the bikini? Oh, guys just sending pictures of women. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. It really happens. No, I mean, it'd be wonderful if this was Bill's wife. Uh, no, this is Lolo B4 on Instagram. Oh, I bet you I can find her on OnlyFans. Make that bet, Tim. It's easy money. Don't worry about the guy who wears yellow diapers and sleeps with 10 other guys in a Smoky Mountain cabin. That's from the 314. The yellow diaper thing will forever be so strange to me. How how someone could think a, a cumberbund belt is a diaper. It's over there. Why don't you put so, it on right now? So is that the me. one? Is that the actual diaper? No. No, but it is exactly what I was wearing. And, like, in what world would this be a diaper? <laughs> well, I think it's the way, that, the way it hung like down. It's a thong diaper. Like I, I remember you going in. It almost looked like he had a with the life vest on and that. Did I you? didn't have a life vest and that. <laughs> I, I can swim. Like, I'm not. <laughs> you have little floaties on your arms? No, I can swim. Weren't you there when it happened? Yeah. I took the picture. You were oh, almost, is that right? And I'm the one that told him to go in. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I said. I had such respect for the plow hawk when he's like, I ain't doing that crap. Yeah. 
I'm like, kinda... there's a man who's been through it for a decade, and there's poor Jackson. I'm like, God, I got to pull Jackson aside at some point. I already have so enough pictures. He was just having show. fun and a few cocktails, and he wanted to swim with Mike, Big Mike. Well, I end up getting wet anyway. Exactly. Mike. I think Big I got Mike, karma. the guy who's like angry. No, no, the... Big Mike. The guy who's now down the guy, oh, the guy the from oh, the, well, I mean the audience doesn't know who that is. <laughs> the, the, basically, the, the larger gentleman who does program, I believe, in Long Island, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and, goes, and a lot of them, he's enjoying the fruits. And he goes to every one of those remotes they have him out there, and he's he must have a following. I, I I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, this it, dude's doing so many commercials, you wouldn't believe it. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the jump too. Your dismount was curious. That's Chairman Steve in Wildwood. How could someone's dismount? Be? Was there a video of your jump into the oh, Caribbean? Yeah. Oh, was yeah. there? Really? Yeah. yeah, and I feel bad because I'm the one who said I need a picture. So when you jump in, turn backwards to the camera and lift your hands up. Don't feel bad because some of these asshats can't are so confused and and don't understand anything. Like it's not anyone's fault. I'd do it again. You were just maybe being, not. You were being sporty. Wow. Somehow they're 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 really on that on balloon party too, which surprises me. Yeah, well, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. <laughs> the best yell. part of the diaper dive was how suave Rick was about it all. That's from Arbor Day. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you yell, go Tigers, when you jumped him? Yeah, yeah, well, right oh, after the that... Iowa State game. But you, you, got a, you got a boat drink or two in you, and you're doing an Instagram Live in the pool with Lisa Ann, and I think you were talking about the Iowa State game. Like, right when we got to the hotel. That's punched I... the ticket, man. It was an exciting time. Oh, you were at the that halfway point where we stopped for a beer. Lisa Ann. Well, Jackson talking. and I were trying to watch it on my phone on that bus ride from Montego Bay to yeah. wherever we were going. Sandals no, Ocherias. Yeah. I think it was on the TV at that bar that we're at. because no, Lisa, we were watching it on the phone. Lisa Ann was talking to you. Right. And talking about sleeping in the same bedroom. You're in Jamaica. And you said, go Tigers. Absolutely. My mindset never changed. It was, it was a business trip. You want that back again? <laughs> I look a lot better now than I do in that So photo. that's the picture in the diaper that caused your 25-pound weight loss? Uh, I wouldn't say it caused it, but it certainly was a big influence. It was like, I looked at that and I was like, oh boy, time to change things around. God, I honestly didn't even think anything of it. Yeah, I really but didn't. I, I hide it well. I did hide it well. Uh, Ray King has just sent in a picture that says, I am Bill's wife, taste me. And there's Ray King showing up, almost showing his nipples, which makes it. Uh, yeah. uh, these sad, fat pores are salty that if they jumped into the ocean, they wouldn't have the strength to get back into the boat. That's from Sweet Sweet Kai, who's texting in from West Virginia. My guy right there. Uh, Jackson, I'm on your side on this one. You do you, boo. That's from Flip Wilson. Who also sent in a picture saying I'm Bill's That's wife. That's correct. A lot of guys sending in pictures. <laughs> well, look, Doug, when they had the, uh, when my friend Ashley was running the, uh, or last night there, we had the going away party and got up on oh, stage. Oh, yeah, and she was legitimately Yeah, she's, she's fine. Stunning. Um, Stunning. But they asked Doug to get on stage, and you got on stage. Nobody's making fun too. of Doug for getting up there and making an ass of himself. People made fun of you for getting on stage? No. no, I'm saying nobody did, but they make fun of you for jumping in a in an ocean. Yeah, but I, Doug's up there trying to dance. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't get to see it because I also had to go up there and oh, dance. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Ashley tried to grab it's me. like, who wants to make there. an ass of themselves? Jackson, you're up. That was another one where I'm I was, There's up. video of me doing some stupid-ass dances during that yeah. nitwit thing. <laughs> oh, I was air-humping Doug. That's right. Yeah, me, <laughs> Madison, and Anna Marie were having a lovely little time. Nobody gives a rip about Mizzou trash get ball if you're in Jamaica with the biggest porn star all time. Jesus, what a boner. That's Eric in the Central West End. Hey, man. I kind of, kind of agree with that. Hey, listen, 
My this life chose me, not the other way around. And then Rick ruined it all by peeing the bed with Lisa and next to him. That's from Uncle Cucker. Whatever. Streaming the show on my speedy golf cart for an early round before the big time heat. Great to hear Tim's hot voice on the tee box. Plowsy's fried Rogers sweater is looking sexy. Oh, Fred, I apologize. That was actually written correctly. Plowsy's Fred Rogers sweater, Mr. Rogers, is looking sexy AF. Let's drink plenty of water today, boys. Check on the elderly, Strode. That's from Mr. 63011. He is at Meadowbrook with the speedy golf cart. And I guess he's about to get a round in. Uh, you better hurry. Yeah, I, it's a weird forecast because it's cool right now. But then by the time one uh, 4 o'clock rolls around, I see 102. Now, again, this is my app. And it's raining. And it's I, not, I noticed that when I was driving here. There was just like a little drizzle. Not that it? cool outside. Yeah. Well, the humidity is so It's 78, high. but it, it's going to get to 100. And that's 98 tomorrow. 96 storms in the forecast every day. Now, granted, these are all chances of thunderstorms, uh, which you will have in warm summer months. But, uh, yeah, every single day between now and next Saturday, storms. Storms, storms, storms. But these are little pop-ups. Don't be alarmed. Yeah. Don't let it ruin your 4th of July weekend. No. No, get out there and light your fireworks a couple days early like everybody else. In a rare move yesterday, I was watching the local news, <clears throat> and um, they said it's going to feel like 111 today. Like it could, it, the humidity is going to be so nasty that it's going to be that just red hot. I want it to play today, but that's those are compromising temperatures. That's hot. I feel like I, in, in the humidity, that's the worst thing about it. Yeah, like ball it fly. I mean, ball fly. It's humid now. I guarantee it feels like. Um, I guess some of these some of these uh, weather apps have what it feels like. It's got to be at least ninety, low nineties with humidity. Hello. I want to pay Jackson a compliment. I heard a best of yesterday from when he first started, and he's so much better on the air now. Oh, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. Positive growth. That's that's, the, and that's from the Crystal City Clamhammer, yeah, who you had been sideways with. He's fully off my Mount Rushmore. Wow. Okay, who's your current Mount Rushmore? Because it seems like Harrison's brother, Master, has kind of retreated a bit. I know. I, I'm still going to put him on there. Uh, he sends too many of the exact same texts over and over again. That, that's that's a bit strange. Uh and then St. Charles from Aphrodite, yep. uh, the Jeffco gentleman, and I'll just go Todd Reesing solely because he's a beaker. And I just watched the Thomas Robinson on Phil Pressey foul again at Fog Allen. You're still haunted by this every, a decade plus later. Every time I see that video, it reinvigorates the fire within. Uh, today would be a great day to replay the Pepper and Genie episode on how to stay cool in the summer, which I believe is the same episode Plowsy mentioned. Pete the Cocker Spaniel once bit his ween. That's from Allie's in Dadeville. Yeah, oh, Pete. You got a dog bite your ween? It was mm. when I was, yeah, a kid. I was changing in a, a pop-out camper. Uh, Times haven't changed. Yeah, I was in Havana, Illinois. I'm getting ready to go uh, putt-putt. Uh, getting out of the uh, swim trunk, getting into normal clothes. And, nice. yeah, Pete was there and... Nipped it. Oh, did you put a little yeah. peanut butter on there? Oh. I did not. It was oh. just me changing in the pop-out. Very close quarters, obviously. Pete was in there. Pete the Cocker Spaniel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that would, that would, it's I actually would, a King Charles Spaniel, but... I would never own a dog, ever, if that happened. Oh, it, yeah, it, it was a uh, tough time. You could own a home with Jeff Lottman. He has 22 <laughs> years and over half a billion in sales and was recently featured in the Wall Street Journal for selling the most expensive home in St. Louis. He's online at jefflotman.com. He is TMA's real estate agent, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. He joined Compass Realty. 
To start and build Compass St. Louis into the number one luxury brand in St. Louis is Compass, the largest luxury broker in the world. Never turns down a referral, no matter what the price. Luxury is much more about the experience than the price. They treat all their clients the same way. At Jeff Lottman's place, can connect buyers and sellers in other cities across the globe. Just visit jefflottman.com. That's J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Jefflottman.com. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, he is a guy I know, and he is a guy I recommend you work with. It's jefflottman.com. And you are welcome to support our automotive sponsor, Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, the sponsor of the 7 o'clock hour with a ridiculous supply of pre-owned vehicles for you right now, which you can shop at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. And you can go shopping on July 8th and meet Ken Iggy Strode, who will be selling those vehicles as the great Jamie Burkhardt is donating $200 for every car Iggy sells to the Megan Meyer Foundation. Iggy, uh, tell the people the details on this wonderful, wonderful event. There's so many good things that can happen that day. First of all, you'll probably get a signed glossy from me. Nice. Uh, July 8th, Saturday. July 8th, Saturday. It's a week from this Saturday. I'll be out there from 10 to 3 p.m. Um, you can get a glossy from me. I'm sure that's what everybody wants. Uh, not only that, you can get a great car. Those Acuras are gorgeous. Um, and you can help support a sponsor and support a great foundation, the Megan Meyer Foundation, because every car sold that day, $200 will go to the Megan Meyer Foundation. So come on out. We're going to have some fun. Probably see Jamie. Nice. Probably going to see Clayton. Nice. See Peter. Nice. Uh, Karen will probably be there in the service department. Nice. A lot of great people. So come on out. Saturday, uh, July 8th, 10 to 3. Buy a car for Miggy and uh, help us bury some money for Megan Meyer Foundation. There it is. St. Louis Acura. It's Munganass, July 8th. Ken Iggy Strode selling cars for five hours. That is Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Looking for a place to have a pony before or after a Cardinals game or before or after a Doggies game? Maggie O'Brien's is the place to go with the great Eddie McVeigh. Just a first-class guy. One of my favorite people in all the land. They've been doing it for 40 years at Maggie O'Brien's on Market Street. And if you want to go and park there for free, you can take a $2 shuttle to the Cardinal game. Cardinals and Astros wrapping up the series tonight, and you always have the doggies option. U.S. Uh, men's national team taking on St. Kitts Nevis last night. Anybody watch? I actually did watch some of it. I watched Once some the of Cardinal that. game was no. over. I was, was at City Park. I was going to watch some of the Jamaica game, but couldn't find it. Uh, last night, the 6 nothing victory. Maggie O'Brien's. You know what you're going to get, and that is uh, first-class service food, and also you're going to have a great time there as well. They tailgate before the uh, Doggies games and in the Sunset Hills location and downtown location. They have live music over the weekends. It's Maggie O'Brien's. They cater as well, and we have hired them at our home to cater some of our parties. It's Maggie O'Brien's. Check it out and support the sponsors, the great Eddie McVeigh and Maggie O'Brien's. Get involved on the program by texting into the EDF group text inbox, 314-881-TMA5. Call in 636-9004-TMA and email in the morning after at InsideSTL.com for our design air heating and cooling email of the day. Well, I felt really good about my bet for the Cardinals to win the National League Central in the seventh inning last night. And then the eighth inning arrived, and all hell broke loose as the Cardinals looked like they were going to take the first two against the Houston Astros, the defending world champions, and then Giovanni Gallegos came in, 
gave up five runs, including a three-run shot off the bat of Jose Altuve, and then a two-run shot off the bat of Jose Abreu, and that which looked like uh, what was going to be a great win to make it seven out of nine instead turned into a terrible, terrible loss. Ugh, brutal. Gallegos. Didn't you see enough after you got the three-run shot? Uh, uh, we will play some audio from Ali Marmol in which uh, John Denton, friend of the program, asked that question, and it didn't go well for him. As a matter of fact, I think anybody who asked a question last night, maybe minus Katie Wu of The Athletic, was uh, was held accountable for said question. Uh, she got it a little bit, too. Oh, did she? <laughs> yeah. I watched the whole thing this morning. Yeah, it was uh, kind of like, so what's your follow-up to that? <laughs> oh, that was the so what's your follow-up? Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just rough. I mean, yeah, he did not seem thrilled and I, I get it to an extent like anytime you're gonna the questioning of like bullpen moves it's so tough because hindsight's 2020 20, but yeah after the three-run shot maybe a little Chris Stratton maybe a little bit of Chris Stratton as opposed to leaving Gallegos in there but it's easy to backseat it what are that 17 blown saves uh, I don't know whatever it is they're only one short of what they had all of last year I think I saw the 16 blow saves he only had 17 last year or 17 blown saves. He only had 18 blown saves last year. Pollock, I can tell you're chopping at the bit. I just miss Mike Schilt, man. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, it's it's annoying. I, I can regurgitate the same takes because, I mean, they're very accurate. Marmol will go down as one of the worst Cardinal managers in history and the least personality I've ever seen. You couldn't pay me to hang out with that dude. And he's alienating the entire clubhouse and all the media along with it, and including the fan base, so... I would say he's doing a very good job. But you're still high uh, on him. Yeah, if this is the route he wanted to go, man, he's killing it. Um, <laughs> well, let's but, not let Michaelis off the hook either. He uh, pretty much sucked. Well, yeah. Give him 20 more million. I mean, just do whatever the hell you want to do. Mosellock is untouchable. Marmol is untouchable. And they're not going to make any major moves. Wash, rinse, and Pete, you'll have a terrible team next year coming in. I didn't think Michaelis was that bad last evening. He has been overall decent this year, too. He had that good little stretch. I, would, did he give three or five earned runs last night? Uh, he had uh, five earned runs in okay. five and two-thirds, seven hits, four strikeouts, three walks. Okay. It, it doesn't matter because they were up. You know, they were uh, Chris up. Stratton had already pitched. So you wanted Stratton to keep pitching, Jackson? Yes. Oh, Stratton already pitched at that point. I thought you want him back on the eighth? Then my apologies. Then I had that backwards. I, it's I, a good I, thing it happened here instead of 101. Well, it would have been even funnier. Oh, I don't know it's if funny it either way. I say bring it up. <laughs> You're mad anyway. That could, that's on me. Jackson proudly announced yesterday he couldn't name a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. And all hell broke loose. Honestly. Bill can only name two. I'm I, talking about in the, in the organization's history, not necessarily now, in which oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's a rough time for the Flyer. There's Flindros, Bobby Clark. Yeah, Claude Giroux. These are names. I don't know who. Well, they the are. Blues head coach would, would be one, or Chris Yuri Pronger would be another. Uh, yeah. So either either way, Jackson enjoys poking that very very banty beehive on on 101. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, I'm, I thought Stratton already pitched, so that's why I went and, I, I and double checked it because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't eating mushrooms. I started watching right when Gallegos basically got into the game, so that's my apologies. I had a men's league basketball Let me ask you guys, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I, they were winning the game. They scored some runs. But I saw the lineup, and I said, oh, yeah, let's give Walker a day off. Oh, Young had a good game last night. Let's sit him. I didn't understand the lineup last night. 
Now, it doesn't matter. They ended up scoring seven runs. But I don't know how you sit to Young after a game he had. And he's, Walker's got a hitting streak. Let's give him another day off unless he's sick again. I don't want to say anything unless I didn't read the paper. Maybe he's sick again. But I just don't understand the lineup after a good win and you, after you use the same lineup almost every night. And you changed it last night. I didn't get it. I am anxious to see what winds up happening with Nolan Arenado. That is uh, that no matter what, had they won the game, was going to be something to keep an eye on. And uh, for the record, for those of you who may not have, have watched it, Nolan Arenado left the game. Uh, and did not return to the field. I believe it was the top of the sixth inning, I think, when he was replaced, and then uh, Gorman moved over to third base. Lower back injury, Mormol said after the game, it was from sliding the night before, and if you watch him in one of his, his final at-bat, as he was running down to first, you could tell he was uncomfortable. You really have to be isoed in on it uh, to see it. So keep an eye on that, because uh, it was Nolan Arenado who put the Cardinals up in the first inning after Michaelis had allowed a couple of early runs and the Cardinals are in a spot where they're up six to three. The thing about that game last night, a couple things, certainly Gallegos is going to be the focal point. And then when we play the Marmol sound, it's going to get people even more banty. Cardinals could have slash should have had way more runs than they did. So many opportunities that they blew. Uh, the fourth inning was brutal. And I guess they're at a point with Dylan Carlson that they feel like we've got to just start runners from third base and kind of use like a, and I'm not doing this to like do the, you know, Mike Matheny Little League thing, but like a Little League trick where you start the runner off first with yeah. a runner on third to try to get the runner home and the rundown, which I feel like you see so often around baseball right now. It's kind of an ABC play. If you're the second baseman or shortstop involved in the rundown, you just wait for the guy to break and then you got to make a good throw. And to Altuve's credit, he did. It was right on the glove. Uh, of uh, Maldonado, and so DeYoung was tagged out, and the Cardinals ran themselves out of that inning. Now, granted, how high were you on the possibility of Dylan Carlson coming through at that point? If the Cardinals were high on it, they probably don't try to run that play, but that also cost them. Point being, they should have had a hell of a lot more runs than seven runs, and seven runs is damn good, but they really could have and should have shut the door on that game and made it a, a bullpen game with potentially a, a position player pitching for the Astros in the eighth inning, and instead they didn't capitalize on opportunity. So as you can imagine, Ali Marmol not particularly pleased uh, when asked some questions following the game. Three wonderful sound bites. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is Ali Marmol not happy about uh, a question regarding the uh, Cardinal bullpen. Were you were you short picks tonight? Were you down with the boys up there tonight? No. Okay. I'm just facing the way that the sequence you have through the bullpen throughout that game, Palante for that spot, for example. I was curious if you found yourself in a spot where you were trying to lengthen the guys you had in that as that game played out. Run me what was what was odd about it. Just so Palante comes in and face the righties with two outs as opposed to maybe Stratton in that spot, for instance, right there forward. Yeah, Stratton's arsenal pitches there against uh, both uh, Altuve and Bregman um, are my favorite. Uh, both of those guys have a good chance of getting him in the air and going a long ways. I'd rather keep him in the ballpark with Palante. If you look at Altuve, he's two for two with the 2,500 against him. If you look at Bregman, I think he's three for four against Stratton. I'd rather keep him on the ground with Palante. And if he can't get those two, he's got Tucker, who I feel pretty confident he can get. So, no, I wasn't short any guys. Oh, there is Ali Marmol answering that question. Let's play uh, two, and then we'll all comment uh, after we have all three played. Yeah. How many parts have been to get your bullpen firing all at once? It seems they like haven't, and that's that's part of it. I mean, you look at it, we've blown a lot of leads after the seventh, and uh, 
you give different people an opportunity at it, and it, it just hasn't gone well. So you score seven, you have to win a ball game. Bottom line. Is there frustration extra with the Maldonado double, given the way the at-bat went with Myers immediately before? Yeah, we walked the eight hole three times today. Did you consider going and getting Gio after the home run so that maybe the second one didn't come? Was there a consideration to pull him there before the second home run? <laughs> um, yeah, if you would have told me the second homer was coming, I definitely would have taken him out. happened three times this year now. And how many times has it not happened? I mean, let's... Yeah, we can bring Cabby in for Tucker there. Tucker's been uh, much better against left-handers this year. He's got over 1,000 OPS. He's got a six and change against righties. And uh, if Cabby doesn't get Tucker, do you like the Obrillo bat? The answer's no. So, I mean, in hindsight, you can ask however you want to ask it, but we shouldn't even got to that point. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, finally, uh, here he is on analytics versus in-game situations. Yeah. Matchups and the data that you have so readily available. How do you, as a manager, weigh what the numbers are saying and then what an in-game situation may or may not be calling for? Yeah, the numbers don't make a decision for you. They never will. It's a matter of you're watching the game, you're watching what guys have done. You know who has confidence, who doesn't, who's feeling right, who's not feeling right, and uh, you make your decisions based on what you're seeing live. Numbers are there to inform decisions. That's pregame. You, you know all this data pregame, and you go into the game already knowing uh, everything we just talked about. You're you're reading the game and using your eyes. Um, what's the follow-up to that? I was just wanting to know if every manager is different. How do you weigh those decisions from here? Yeah. Let them in. All right, uh, but can Plaw, Plawhawk looks like Mike Tyson getting ready at the, before the first round. So before it goes, I have, I have two thoughts on this, and then we'll just let the Plowhawk take us to, to 8.40, I think, is how long it's going to go. Uh, number one, um, he, he really does himself no favors by the way he conducts himself in these things. Um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, following TMA Day at the ballpark, as a matter of fact, I, I really thought he was, if he was going to get fired, I thought it was that day. It was before they were going out on the road trip, and they had lost a, a bunch of games in a row. That one was a brutal one, even though Jackson was happy about it because it covered his over bet yeah. when the ball came flying over our heads in right field. And I had a conversation with someone that afternoon uh, and, and listen, it's not like this person was is, is in the front office who said, yeah, he's not getting fired this year. Um, the players love him. The front office love him. I go, really? The players love him? Okay. You know, you know, you, you would know better than me. Um, but part of being a manager in 2023, and this was probably the case 20 years ago, but even more so now, is you have you are one of the faces of the franchise, one of usually the, the front face of the franchise because you are speaking before and after games and oftentimes attending events. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a trait that is very difficult to learn. It's counterintuitive to human behavior, actually, because if you are provoked and you also think the person answer, asking you the question, number one, doesn't have near the information you do, uh, and number two is looking to provoke you. Human nature would be to act like he acts, but 
conducting yourself and compartmentalizing that um, reptilian reaction is part of the job, and it is a, a trait that would, would either suit Marmol to learn or suit the Cardinals to teach him. Uh, now, along those lines, I would tell you, as somebody who dealt with Tony La Russa for five seasons, uh, nearly night in, night out when they were at home, and also got my ass ripped on some of the road games too, um, and then also have, have obs- I also dealt with Norm Stewart. I was super young when that was going on. Quinn Snyder went after me. Uh, but, but talking about coaches such as Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, uh, Pop in San Antonio, I feel like I might be leaving some others out who would be considered some of the best of the recent history. Bill Parcells, perhaps, if you want to go back a little bit. What do those guys have that Ali Marmol doesn't have? Success. Winning. And so when you have that, you have the credibility, the equity with a fan base to act like that. He doesn't have it. And so he comes off as being inexperienced and childish. And all that does is irritate an already, justifiably so, irritated fan base. And it doesn't do him any favors. The thing is, a lot of what he said has merit. He's ready to give answers. But he sounds so exasperated, so condescending, uh, that... I feel like in a way it's almost like if I were a, a parent, that's how my, my five-year-old would act. And I'd go, hey, you know, I understand you're upset about the Legos breaking, but you're out in public. you got to handle it differently. And this is a 35-year-old man. I mean, I'm 11 years older than him. And this is kind of a basic – it's not a basic skill set, but it's an important skill set to have. Um, but at the same time, the president of baseball operations, I think, in part has alienated the fan base by his tone. Um, so it's, it's an organization that at times, unfortunately, is tone deaf. If you listen to some of his answers in those exchanges, he is ready to rattle off the numbers that really help make sense. Uh, LaRusa would do the same thing. Oftentimes it would have to be when the microphones were turned off and the cameras were turned off and you'd be in his office. But he'd be so pissed off after a loss that it didn't matter. We were like soldiers and and whoever. It's like, okay, it's your turn tonight. Go out there and just get lit up. I did it last night. We just knew it was coming. And then, you know, audience members would be like, oh, my God, you got your ass handed. It doesn't matter. You, whoever asked the question was get their ass. You right. knew what the situation was. With this, these questions are fair, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but he has data. The issue is the data is is forgotten because you're listening to a guy be so condescending and off-putting that that will be the focal point and not what he said. And then finally, he was asked about analytics versus in-game situations, and then he blew up the first couple of answers we heard where he st- stated statistics and analytics in defense for his moves, but then said, well, you got to know what's going on in the middle of the game, and that's how you make decisions. So it's totally counter to to what he said. Uh, so that is my perspective. He contradicted himself to that's what I'm Denton saying. and to uh, Kenny Wu. That's what I'm saying. So 314-881-TMA5 or call in 6369 uh, 4 tma uh, Plowhawk, uh, I know you want to go, so go. 
No, actually, you took a lot of what I was going to say, which is great. I just, does, does he want this job? I mean, I'm being like kind of serious, although it's completely in a, a sarcastic tone. Like, he, ha- he doesn't have the track record success. Now, he have, is he have, if he has a couple rings on his, you know, fingers, certainly you can act like this all day. That's, that's completely that's, that's fine. That's the deal. That's the difference because he doesn't act any worse than no. Rusa or Belichick's a different kind of thing. I think Belichick has just, like, taken himself to, like, a Phil Jackson, like, zen area where he goes, okay, i got to do this crap with these people for ten minutes. I've got to do it, and I'm just going to give them nothing. Saban gets pissy. Who else in college football? College sports is a hotbed of pissy coach. Jim Calhoun is the one Doug would love to bring up, but he won national championships. All these guys have won championships. This guy has won a Central Division title in an era where division titles have as less meaning as they have in the history of the game. So it, it really comes off wrong. And the thing that's a shame about it is he is giving knowledge that explains his decision but it's lost in in the manner with which he delivers the knowledge. And then the strangest part of the whole thing is when he's asked about the stats, he says, well, you can't really pay attention to the stats. you got to watch what's going on in-game. And then it blows up the whole thing that I right. thought was pretty good, which was some of the stats that he was using to explain his decisions. Plowak, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, you're fine. And when you're – I don't know what exactly – I don't know. I don't think they're the worst team in the NL, but certainly one of the worst teams in the National League. I, I would hope that you would want the media – on your side. You know, I'm not talking fluff pieces, but I mean, how he is alienating and isolating himself from every media member in that locker room. Like it is like, that's worse than what Nick Saban does. And he has what, like six national championships. <laughs> like Nick Saban would get ridiculed and grilled today for how Ollie Marmol handled the press conference last night. And this is a guy with a 20 year track record of success. Ollie Marmol has, you know, two seasons under his belt. This is his second year. It just seems like he doesn't want the job. He hates the job. I don't know what it is, but, you know, if I'm a media member, I am not having a great time asking him questions every day. I know, I know Bill DeWitt wants to win, but it doesn't, it doesn't help matters any to try and do make moves when you're drawing 44,000 for a team that's 13 games under 500. And people are going to come. So it doesn't really matter. Well, you know, we're losing fans. They're not losing fans. They're going to come out in 40000 every night. Well, the guy they're going to trade here in a month or two, you're going to get half or a quarter of the value you would have in February, in January, which is, to me, exactly what the Cardinals do. They they sell at the at player's absolute lowest point, and then they go to a team that actually takes the time, develops them. you got a Randy, a Rosarena, and there are countless ones we've already talked about. Like, this is just what they do. They covet prospects. They have a log jam in, like, four or five different areas. Prospects lose value. They trade them at their lowest point, And then that prospect ends up being successful somewhere else. Who in particular I, do you think has lost value? Since- oh, I think J- Dylan Carlson for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Tyrone O'Neill is not even a trade piece at this point anymore. He's a guy you could probably DFA at the end of his tenure. It just... The guys you could have got a starter for. You would have had to package those guys. You're not getting anything for them now, and they're going to be in a desperate spot to overpay for somebody. So I don't I don't know what their thought process is, but this has been one of the weirdest seasons in Cardinal baseball in terms of the offseason, yeah. calling out Tyler O'Neill and it's just, you know, well, setting down toward Walker. There, there's, a, mean, there's a bunch of it. Uh, you know, the Walker weird. thing has wound up, you know, working out. Mm-hmm. I and I liked it, but I liked it for different reasons than why 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 it worked out. So I don't necessarily 
uh, you know, I don't necessarily consider that a thought process win because my thought process on why I liked it didn't necessarily work out, i.e. other outfielders finding their stride because I don't really know what other outfielders have found their stride outside of Jordan Walker. Um, but Zach Thompson is one that flies under the radar. He was a reliever. Now he's back to being a starter, except he's doing it in Memphis. And in uh, the Tyler O'Neill thing, which, again, from a macro standpoint, along with the conduct in the postgame interviews, that to me, it's a, those are leadership skills. You can say it's about winning games, and I get it, but it tells you, from my standpoint, from my standpoint, and I could be wrong, but uh, about how somebody leads. Now, with that said, I've been told uh, by someone who would certainly know that they love him in the clubhouse and he is not in danger of losing his job during the season, during the season. Perhaps that remains that way. Perhaps it won't. I don't know, but that was what I was told two weeks ago. And, uh, and so I just look at it and I think, God, I, we, somebody in the organization really needs to have that conversation with them. But then at the same time, as I said earlier, I think one of the reasons why John Mazalock is as disliked as he is is because of the way he communicates, which comes off condescending. When he used to do that and they were winning, it was kind of fun. Like, oh, have Mo on and let him make fun of you guys. And it was fun. But now that they are these, you know, also rans who uh, many fans do not feel like are going all out to try to win, and I certainly was beyond confused by what they did this offseason, uh, that it, it comes off as, as condescending. And there was a spring training interview we did, I don't even know how many years ago at this point, four or five years ago, uh, in which he uh, went Russell Crowe and Maximus and said, are you not entertained, when I asked about fans being uh, frustrated. Point being on citing that is if you have the president of baseball operations being condescending, then who is going to correct the manager when he also comes off that way. And so I think that alienates people. And again, the thing is, he said things that had merit. The problem with the things that he said merit is they were cloaked in a manner with which they were delivered in an off-putting, condescending manner. And then finally, he totally contradicted himself on the importance of numbers with his final thing and then said, do you have a follow-up to that? You know, like, I just dunked on you. And it's just... it's just. It, it, listen, I understand feeling that way, but part of leading and part of being the front person for an organization is compartmentalizing that stuff and not spewing it when you're on tilt. You can't do it. It's a it's a it's a trait of somebody who is usually uh, a great leader, and that's why the O'Neill thing stood out to me because that's not what great leaders do: call out an individual's effort in public call it out all day individually, call it out in the clubhouse if you want to, uh, even though I would think that's not necessarily a great thing to do in front of other people. Uh, I know fans might love that, uh, but that is, I'm just telling you, that that doesn't rub people the right way. And and then this stuff, anytime they have a tough loss, is, is you know, it's just, it's, it's strangely uh, childish. And I'm, I, I say I'm surprised somebody doesn't say something to him about it, but like I said, if the president of baseball operations, you know, is condescending, then why wouldn't the manager be condescending? And, and the whole point being he doesn't have the track record to conduct himself like this and get away with it. La Russa did, Belichick does, Saban does, Pop does, Parcells did, Jim Beheim is another one that, uh, you know, was perhaps maybe the worst of them all. Uh. 
Um, but he won national championships. The thing is, the one from 2003, it wore out 20 years. <laughs> it's wore been out for me in about two years. Uh, Calhoun won national championships. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones in college sports, too, because college sports is just littered with them because they're little presidents of their small towns and beating up on 25-year-old reporters. I know it's female sports, but Gino Armiema can... Yeah, there's another one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a nice play. Kim Mulkey, too. She'll fire away. See, but at this point, though, I don't think there's any... I don't think it's going to help to fire Marmol during the season. I can't believe I'm saying that because I think he's a complete disaster. But I just think roster construction, there's not enough depth in pitching. I, without making major trades, I don't really know if it matters who's making pitching changes or who's doing pre- and post-game as a manager. I, I, I mean, you certainly could put a lot of blame on Alway, but right now, I mean, you just got to play this season out. I mean, it's just going to be five-game winning streaks after eight-game losing streaks. It's just going to be that roller coaster ride the rest of the way, and then you can make your moves. But I, I was down firing them a few weeks ago. Now I just don't see the point. The team just doesn't have it. it you know, they go two-step forward, three-step back, and that's kind of how it's been all year. I mean, and here's the thing about last night's game specifically. I re- it's on the team. <laughs> They had the opportunities. They had if you would have, I mean, like if expected runs based on what you actually had happen in that game was way above seven, and I would say way above the ten that Houston wound up scoring. It's not Ali Marmol's fault. That's not John Mazalak's fault. I know that those are buzz names to get people going, but if you want to look at last night's game, Lars Newtbar popped out with uh, with an opportunity in the fourth inning, and uh, and the Cardinals didn't capitalize, and that was with with one out. And then, if I'm not mistaken, Arnado uh, followed that up with a pop out. And that's when he looked strange. I think running gingerly down to first base, and then the Cardinals had more opportunities after that. That one was the most golden to have bases loaded and, and only get one run. I know the Astros uh, had to have felt like they dodged a bullet there because that game could have been blown wide open at that point it's seven to three you get a couple more and nine to three feels like a world of difference because you're going to have to have a couple of big rallies to even get to nine seven to three theoretically you can chip away on that and uh one big swing with the bases loaded ties the game and as we saw with the braves or excuse me altuve's home run uh it went from let's get a base hit and tie it to oh three run home run the astros take the lead and, and gallegos had been good uh, recently in the eighth inning, and then Hicks comes in and closes it out. So managerial-wise, I know that people want to jump on things, but I did last night the Cardinal players did not execute. The issue is is because of the way he conducts himself and then also the way Mazzaloc will conduct himself, they get a hell of a lot more hatred. I mean, Doug Armstrong uh, has had some real missteps, but I think he has equity, number one, of course, because of a Stanley Cup, and that would be, you know, period, end of sentence. But also, uh, there is a sense that the Blues go balls to the wall and try to win, so there's credibility there for him and Tom Stillman, and also the way Doug Armstrong talks, you don't feel like, oh, God, if I ask a question, I might get hit with a, you know, roundhouse that I didn't see coming for asking what's a, what's a, a fair question. Uh, same thing with Craig Berube. And the way with which an organization communicates frames the mindset for a fan base on whether or not you buy in. This is, uh, it might be psychology, but I'm, I'm very confident with where I'm coming from on it. And the Cardinal organization does a poor job of communicating. And then recently they told the fan base they were going to increase the payroll. And by the letter of the law, they did increase the payroll. 
But when you tell people that and then you have one signing and it's a guy who, you know, sitting 214 and you pulled from the position five weeks into the season and you have a rotation that you didn't tend to uh, in an inconsistent offense, people go, what the hell did you do this offseason? And why did you tell people that you were going to increase the payroll? And what the hell do you say to Nolan Arenado that got him to not opt out and now he's here, but the only addition was Wilson Contreras. So all of those things form mindsets when you're talking about a post-game press conference on July 29th or June 29th and the team is sitting in last place. You're welcome to give your thoughts at 758 in St. Louis by texting in 314-881-TMA5, by calling in 636-900-4TMA, and by emailing in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Uh, Jackson, uh, tell the people about St. Louis hair restoration. Doug is recovering yep. from getting hair transplants yesterday, today. Uh, he is in recovery mode. Uh, you are wearing a hat at night. Yeah, a little laser cap that I put on for six minutes a night. Super, super easy to do. Watching the Cardinal game, watching the movie, just throw it on top of your head. Six minutes, easy money, and that's what they consulted me to do. I went in there, they looked at my head, they said, you know, yeah, you're, there's some thin there, don't get me wrong, but let's put you on the finasteride. They suggested me taking finasteride, and then they gave me this laser cap to wear six minutes a night, which the finasteride helps hold the line and the uh, the laser cap helps spark regrowth. So that combination, if that takes well for a year, maybe I do something like Doug did yesterday, which is the FUE procedure. That's follicular unit extraction. They take individual hairs from the donor areas, you know, the back side of your head where most men uh, still have hair even after going bald, and then they place that on top of the areas where you are missing some hair. And then, Doug, I mean, in about 8 to 12 months, I think you're going to start seeing some serious results. Dr. Polinga and Greg, the founder at St. Louis Hair Restoration, do incredible work. Patients themselves, so they've been in your shoes before. They've worked on a ton of different people doing different hair restoration procedures all the time. St. Louis Hair Restoration. Visit their website, stlouishairrestoration.com, or give them a call, 314-384-2474. And with people dealing with inflation, people are taking on more debt than ever. If you are a homeowner, leverage your equity. Put the equity in your home to work for you with a simple cash-out refinance. The average credit card interest rate is over 24%. Well, you can work with thehomeloanexpert.com to get that taken care of because it's the highest it's been in over 30 years. With inflation, people are carrying more debt than ever. Put your equity work with you for a simple cash-out refinance. The average home loan expert client receives over $54,000 cash-out on their refinance. So take care of credit card debt once and for all by going to thehomeloanexpert.com and working with our presenting sponsor here on the radio presentation, and that is Ryan Kelly. The Ryan Kelly morning after for more than a decade. He's been our title sponsor. You're buying a home? You're refinancing? You want to get that cash out of your home? Go to thehomeloanexpert.com and work with the great Ryan Kelly. We are in our Michelob Ultra Studios, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. Uh, Michelob Ultra, the sponsor of the Dotem, the Lemmings Open, and the J. Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship. Uh, and we are Michelob Ultra fans in this studio, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. When you're out playing golf, it is 
perfect to enjoy your mornings or afternoons on the golf course. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. A couple more days left here in the month of June to compete for our Lago Tequila Listener of the Month. You want to sign up and apply? You want to compete with Buzz and Arbor Day and Buck Swope? Go to TMASTL.com and apply to be the Milagro Tequila TMA Listener of the Month, Milagro Tequila. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro. It is 8 o'clock in St. Louis. We will close out the Munganass St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota 7 o'clock hour. This is the Ryan Kelly morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.